Welcome to Sweep Delay Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike Mac Masunas. How's everybody doing today? I'm doing great, guys. Welcome back to a new episode of the STL. It's been a little while. It's been like, what, a month, month and a half, two months, three months? I don't know. It's been a little while. That's all I can say. It's been, it was good though, because I got to take some time off and uh, catch up on a lot, lot, lot of movies, TV, all that good stuff. So yeah, I think it was like a month ago. I did like four episodes, you know, two in STL, two in my other shows. So yeah, it was fun. Plus, I just took vacation and I had nine days off. I'm still in vacation mode, I'm pretty sure, because man, I uh, I made a lot of mistakes at work and uh, felt like a zombie. It was crazy. But needless to say, I wanted to come back and record an episode for you guys because of the fact of Roadhouse is right around the corner trying to work out all the scheduling with Jameson to do that. In the meantime, since I caught up on a bunch of movies that I really wanted to talk about, I thought it'd be fun just to do a kind of, hey, what's Masuna's been watching kind of thing and get to hang out with you guys for a little bit, play some new jams that I've been uh, jamming to. So yeah, it's going to be a nice, fun, quick show. So let's, uh, let's start off with some TV. Let's get into some shows that I watched, and then we'll get into the movies. So first up, as you know, Pretty Little Liars is a show that I watched from the very beginning, very first episode, and has consumed my life ever since. Uh, I always said, especially the first, uh, the first half, you know, like the first four seasons had extremely strong writing. I mean, it was twists and turns and fantastic. I mean, for an ABC Family show, I couldn't get over how great the writing was on that show. I would definitely say that last season, not this this season that wrapped up, but the prior season was was utter trash. That season sucked. I, I had a hard time going through that one. I'm glad that they finally ended it. And uh, this final season was, uh, was really good. And the final episode was a two-hour episode where they wrapped everything up. And I have to admit, um, the last episode definitely... Uh, made me happy. There were some people that were not happy with the final uh, person who was the ultimate uh, AD. For those of you who don't know, it's essentially four girls who get tortured by this particular individual called A, where they they send text and, and basically ruin your life with death threats. And it, it's basically like the ultimate spy making your life utter hell. That's essentially what the show is all about. And the girls have gotten away with murder. The girls have uh, gotten away with a lot of crap in this show. And by the end of it, you were kind of wondering, well, maybe they should all go to jail. But, you know, it all worked out. Uh, I was happy with the ending. The thing with, with me and finales is... It can totally ruin the show for me if the final episode sucks. For example, Castle. I hated the final episode. It ruined the show for me. I haven't gone back and watched any reruns since because I just couldn't stand the the final episode. And uh, Bones is one that I thought ended very well. Could have ended a little better, but I was okay. Angel is the one that annoyed me for years and then I realized that I loved it. Uh, Buffy ended fantastic, made that show, had made me love that show even more when I got an amazing ending. So it all depends, man. The way you end a show will really determine, you know, it's like have all of these years of my life 
been worth it you know watching this i think the best finale i've ever seen is burn notice burn notice was a show on usa about a burn spy trying to figure out who did that and in every episode it was kind of the same formula he's trying to figure out but then he has some random joe blow that he has to help and it was like macgyver meets you know john mcclain i mean it was it was amazing that show was fantastic from beginning to end and the and the last episode was probably one of the greatest finales I've ever seen. It, it's up there in my top three greatest finales to a show ever. It was just so perfect in every single way. And that solidified that show for me as being amazing. So finales go a big way. This year we end Teen Wolf, final 10 episodes, which I did get confirmation. A lot of people are coming back. Derek, who is uh, Superman now on the Supergirl show, he's coming back. So is my boy Dylan O'Brien. He's coming back. Not sure how many episodes, but uh, also Colton, uh, from uh, who you've now seen in Arrow. He is the one. Um, he was Speedy, and then he left, and then uh, you know Oliver's sister took over. So he's coming back. So they're pretty much getting everybody back for the final ten episodes of Teen Wolf, and I'm hoping that that ends just as good as Buffy did and Angel and all that other stuff. So Pretty Little Liars, for those of you out there who like that show, I did enjoy the finale. Uh, I thought it ended very well. I'm glad it's over, though, because it was starting to go pretty bad. Versus Supernatural, who's on, like, you know, season 22. I'm all cool with that show. Um, this this CW uh, year, on all of the episodes that ended, Arrow, Flash, they all ended on crazy finales, and it was like the most heart-wrenching CW season finales I've ever watched. It was crazy. Every episode was great. Arrow had the best finale out of any of the shows. It was just, it was just pure magic. Uh, I, I can't express, and I've, I've had multiple people have the same opinion that the last episode of Arrow or the season finale of Arrow was phenomenal. And uh, it seems Arrow is back on track, and I'm excited for it. So I definitely had much fun with that. Um, another thing I did during vacation is I rewatched True Blood. Uh, that's an HBO show. It's a vampire show. Uh, a lot of people call it vampire porn, which it pretty much is. There's sex in every episode. But it's, it's crazy. Uh, True Blood has this one character that made me want to continue to watch it all the time. His name was Lafayette. And uh, he was this, uh, he's this homosexual cook, but he was fantastic. He would always call everybody hooker, hooker. <laughs> he's like, hooker, get over here. I need to talk to you. Uh, he just, he, and the funny thing is the guy was as straight as can be. He was this Juilliard actor and, and they didn't want to hire him because they didn't think he could pull it off. But he put on like this awesome makeup and his clothes and the way he would walk. And he's this big guy. I mean, huge muscles. And he was just the best part of that show. Uh, one of the most famous scenes of him is when somebody's like, I don't want an AIDS burger. And he and he takes his earrings out and he goes and said, who said he didn't want the egg burger, uh, AIDS burger? And and he just starts going off on these guys and he licks the bun and sticks it in the guy's face and he punches out the other guys and he goes, you'll, you'll eat the food the way I effing make it. Blah, blah, blah. And it was just so good. It's a fantastic you know, fantastic scene. And I love that show. But right after I got done watching True Blood, the whole se the whole seven, uh, seven seasons, 
watched that, you know, me and my wife, I think we killed that in a month, ended it during vacation. Two days later, I find out that Lafayette, my favorite character, uh, Nelson Elias, died. And it was just so heart-wrenching. I'm like, wow, how ironic. I just finished watching this series, re, you know, and, and just kind of falling in love again with it and all the characters. And uh, Anna Paquin, those of you who don't know, is in the show, who's rogue in the uh, X-Men movies. And there's werewolves in this show and fairies, vampires. I mean, there's just so much stuff in this. But needless to say, it uh, it's a fantastic show. And it was super fun to rewatch it. And that show, from beginning to end, was always good. There wasn't a season that I didn't like. And Jessica was my second favorite person who originally started off super annoying. But uh, she ended up being my second favorite character. And then she went over to Daredevil, um, Netflix show Daredevil. So I love True Blood. It's a fantastic show. It's definitely not a kid show, obviously. But if you like vampires, you like werewolves, or you like just any sort of supernatural stuff, check out True Blood. It's super fun. Uh, it's cool. Uh, it's All I can say is, is that it's just a super fun show. And Lafayette is the highlight of it. Uh, he's, he's the... He's fantastic. So I was super, it, it hit me hard when that guy died. So uh, other shows that uh, that I was watching um, outside of shows that are, like I watch Beach Shazam, which is super easy. I mean, I could totally be on that show. Me and me and T-Mac, we could totally kill. I know all the songs she does and she knows all the ones I don't. Uh, I know some people hate that show, but I actually like it. It's kind of fun. Um, man. Not a whole lot of shows on the summer. So that's what made me go back and uh, put on finally Marvel's Iron Fist. So Iron Fist. I waited to watch this because I heard terrible things. Uh, I got all these crappy reviews around its tomatoes. And I'm like, wow, uh, you know, Daredevil and all these other shows were, you know, were great. Except Jessica Jones. That's hot piece i would rather die than have to rewatch that show ever again i'm fine that she's in defenders but if i ever had to watch season one over again like a rewatch there's no way i would do it i'd rather take you know like overdose and pills or something than to have to watch that show again Ugh, i hate that show it's terrible daredevil is obviously amazing luke cage is by far the best of the marvel shows and then we get to iron fist so i'm like okay I'm going to try this out. First two episodes, I'm like, wow, this is, I mean, the martial arts is great. I'm, I'm really enjoying myself. I'm, I'm liking the, the ninja chick, uh, all this stuff. Uh, the, the main actor, Danny, uh, Iron Fist, he's super likable. I really enjoy the story. The biggest thing is, is that the villain that they are talking about, the hand, I'm like, I, I think I kind of remember this. And I'm like, oh yeah, everything kind of goes back to Daredevil season two. So as I'm watching Iron Fist, I'm just like saying to myself, man, I really need to go back and watch Daredevil season two. And I remember loving season one and liking season two, not loving it. And then uh, and then we get to Jessica Jones and the first half was utter garbage. The second half got way better, but it was a chore to get through that. And then Luke Cage was fantastic from beginning to end. So... I would say that uh, when I got halfway through, I started reading reviews and I was just like, I guess I just don't agree. I guess I'm really contrarian here because I really, really enjoy Iron Fist. I thought it was a super fun show. I really loved all the characters. 
Um, I love the martial arts. I mean, I thought the martial arts in Daredevil was great, but this is just fantastic. And it was really great because the hand uh, obviously will go into play into uh, the Defenders. So after I was done with Iron Fist, I really loved it. So I would rank it as uh, Luke Cage, number one, Daredevil, Iron Fist, and then Jessica Jones, way, 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 way down the list. So then I went back and watched season two of Daredevil. And boy, do I enjoy it so much more the second time around because I knew what to expect. I knew it was Punisher and and I knew that Matt was less likable in this season than he was in the first one. And I ended up liking him more in this one because I kind of went in with those expectations. So I totally enjoy season two of Daredevil way more than I thought that I remembered it. So that was super fun. Plus, I highly recommend, especially with Defenders coming out in almost a month, August 18th, on my anniversary, I would highly, highly, highly recommend that you rewatch season two of Daredevil. Now, obviously, you need to watch Iron Fist because it leads right into uh, the Defenders, but you need to rewatch season two of Daredevil so that way you can get a better understanding of the hand, everything that they plan on doing with Elektra, because Elektra is obviously going to be a big foe in defenders and you got to kind of remember everything that happened with her and matt obviously the punisher comes out right after the defenders so this is the beginning of his origin story so season two of uh, daredevil is a highly recommend of rewatch prior to watching the defenders that's what i honestly think all right so that's it for tv let's get into movies now i got a lot of movies to talk about some of these are old some of them are new some of them are what somewhat new uh, I'll definitely say my my absolute favorite two at the very end. Uh, and my number one, I think, is probably the oldest on the list, but that's okay. It's it's fantastic. So let's kind of start off with uh let's start off with Logan and Wonder Woman. Okay, so Logan I finally got to see. And wow, that was crazy, crazy good. Um I'm I'm kind of like everybody else when it comes to the X-Men movies. Started off really enjoying it, especially considering the fact that I hated X-Men. And my wife, as I told you guys, my wife is the Marvel girl. I'm the DC guy. So I got her in the DC. She got me into Marvel. So she kind of made me watch X-Men and I enjoyed it, especially X2. I thought X2 was fantastic. And then uh, I actually like X3 more than most people, but I definitely see the flaws. But I can see where all the inconsistencies are coming from where, you know, continuity is not a big thing with these guys. But Logan was definitely the movie that I was going in expecting. Uh, I was expecting how the end was going to happen. And I was expecting greatness because that's all I hear was just how great it was. It's kind of like like a Western version of Wolverine. And that's kind of pretty much what I got, but it was really, really good. I really enjoyed, uh, I really enjoyed the atmosphere. Uh, I enjoyed just the way that Hugh Jackman's performance was. I mean, you could just feel the pain on his face for everything he was going through. It had a, you know, The Last of Us is my second favorite video game of all time. And The Last of Us is a, is a apocalyptic, Apocalyptic, eh, I can't even say it, post-apocalyptic uh, game taking place, you know, where there's been this, it's, it's not really zombies, it's this brain-eating disease that actually is real in real life that actually affects animals. But in the game, it's heightened to affect humans, wipes it all out. So you have a bunch of humans left, but you mostly have these crazy, you know, zombies that, um, 
they they can't see you but they can hear and there's other ones that can totally see you and come after you it's awesome but it's basically you're an older guy with a younger girl and the younger girl swears more than any other character in any video game ellie she's amazing i always think of her as like this the little laura croft because she has a bow and arrow it's fantastic the last of us uh, you know is from naughty dog is storyline story-wise is amazing it's one of the greatest games you will ever play in your entire life unfortunately it's only on the playstation it's my number two favorite game of all time i've played it i don't know 12 13 times now the first time i ever played it i sat after the ending i sat there for a half hour in silence just just soaking it in and logan reminds me a lot of uh the last of us just based on the way the atmosphere is you you're taking a girl uh, who you don't get along with on this trip uh, and of course you know you find some various things out in Logan it's very similar there's a lot of memes going around that compare the last of us with Logan and and I think that's another reason why I really love Logan is because of all the reminiscence I've got from the last of us I really enjoyed it, it is definitely uh, a way for him to to end this character and and he did us proud. And Logan is in my top, what, my top five movies of the year. It's definitely up there. Uh, it's in my top five. I love Logan. I haven't watched the black and white version yet. I think I probably will check it out at some point. And then, of course, I got to see Wonder Woman. I watched it on my birthday, which was cool. I had to wait a couple days. I was staying off Facebook to avoid all trailers. Oh, yeah, let me go back to Logan in regards to grade. I would definitely give Logan... Uh, I'd give Logan a salad, uh, a salad A, uh, that one. Uh, I definitely enjoy it. It's my favorite X-Men movie of all of them. I could watch it over and over. It was fantastic. Um, Wonder Woman, boy, whew, this movie. It was my uh, my mo my most anticipated movie of 2017, and it did not disappoint. It uh, is my favorite movie of the year. Spoiler alert. I love it. It is fantastic. It is just pure hope, and uh, it, it's it, it is really 1978. You know, Richard Donner Superman all over again. You know, just a hero who wants to be a hero, and everything about this is just great. I mean, of course, there's depressing stuff because you're dealing with war, but it's you know, man. How can I explain this? It's like Wonder Woman is what helps, you know, she fights the war and it and her team after seeing her go out and fight the war, they're like, yeah, let's do this. You know, it's just it's got this big, just pure hope factor. I mean, she her smile just melts the screen. You know what I mean? I mean, she is Wonder Woman. You know, you could say a lot of crap about Zack Snyder movies that's fine you may not like his movies but there's one thing you do have to give him is casting this guy knows you know he knew she was going to be an awesome wonder woman she knew ben he knew ben affleck was going to be an awesome batman so if you don't like anything Zack snyder has ever done the the least you can do is at least thank him for the casting because you would not have this awesome wonder one wonder woman movie if it wasn't for Zack snyder casting you at least got to admit that so I am just super happy with this movie. I can't wait to watch it again. Um, it was uh, it was an awesome, awesome birthday present. You know, there were so many iconic scenes. You know, definitely uh, Warner Brothers learned their lesson. You know, they spoiled a lot of things in Batman v Superman, and they and they didn't do that in this movie. It was 
beautiful, you know, in my opinion, give Patty Jenkins the keys to, uh, you know, to the DC universe. But hey, Matt Reeves, I hear that the newest Planet of the Apes movie is phenomenal and Batman is in great hands. I'm excited for it. But uh, Patty, hey, she could take the rest of the DCEU. That'd be awesome because Wonder Woman was fantastic. I loved it. It is by far my favorite DCEU movie. I love it. It's great. And I rewatched the whole entire DCEU over over vacation. And you know I love Man of Steel. I love Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad. Obviously, you know, I love it more than most people. And uh, I still say Wonder Woman by far is the best. It is just fantastic. And, and I hope that this is the direction that the rest of the DCEU is going to take. Um, I loved Wonder Woman. I, it's all I can say, man. I mean, uh, if you haven't seen it, you got to go out there. You got to see it. It's an A-plus film by far. There wasn't anything that I didn't like. Um, you know, even, the, you know, I think some people say the third act falls a little bit. But for me, it was, you know, I was expecting, okay, is this going to be a disaster? And I think going in, hearing those things that the third act didn't bother me and uh and i and i enjoyed it more especially with the uh, emotional impact that happened so i would highly recommend it you know go watch it the beginning of the movie is just beautiful the colors the fights the i mean i'll tell you this this movie is so good that now for justice league that's all i can think about is the fact that i get to see wonder woman on the big screen i mean me the batman guy the guy that loves batman more than anybody on the face of the planet is more excited to see wonder woman than he is batman i mean that tells you just how fantastic that wonder woman movie was so see it see it again and obviously uh as you can read from the reports that movie is doing so well it's doing like crazy numbers and word of mouth has just made that movie just um just live and financially it hasn't taken you know such a big dive and it, it's been the best superhero movie financially stable financially um that hasn't happened for many many years so that's very cool and uh, i'm very very excited so i love the wonder woman go check it out it's still in the theater uh a plus movie um, highly recommend it. Uh, go check it out. And uh, let's get into another one. Okay, so this one, me and T Mac, we saw this one. Now I heard terrible things about Forty Seven Meters Down. Terrible things. I'm like, oh boy, I really don't want to go see this. So I asked Jameson about this, you know, and he gave me the inside scoop. He's like, look, this was even a straight-to-DVD movie that was later changed to theater. You know it's going to suck. I'm like, oh. I mean, I was dreading this. So I one thing I did notice going into this is that this was, uh, this was a love-it-or-hate-it film, you know, just by everything I would read on Facebook. You know, one person would be like, oh, this movie's fantastic. The other person would be like, this movie's utter trash. It's utter garbage, blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, you know what? I have a free movie ticket. And Tabby said this to me. She goes, look, you and I, we love shark movies. It's our thing. But I've never seen a shark movie on the big screen. You know, we miss the shallows. If only we had seen the shallows on the big screen, life would be well. But she goes, I just want to see a shark on the big screen. If the movie sucks, it sucks. But at least I can say I, I saw a shark on the big screens. As a dad, how can you deny you know, your kid that, right? So I'm like, sure, why not? I don't have to pay for my ticket. You're using your own money to pay for yours. Let's go. So we go there and uh, I, 
it actually like half the theater was full. I'm like, seriously, I was expecting just me and her to be in this theater because this movie just was utter hot garbage from what I'm hearing. Right. So uh, essentially uh, quick review. So Mandy Moore's in this, you know, her and her friend, they go in a cage to take a look at sharks and the uh, chain breaks and they fall all the way 47 meters down and you're dealing with sharks. Now, here's the thing. This movie telegraphs a lot of stuff, okay? Um, I mean, there's one thing that they say like two times that clearly in the theater I said to myself, oh, well, I know how this is going to end, and it's exactly how the movie ended, just the way I thought it would. That was obvious, but there were, it was cool seeing the sharks on the big screen. Tabby, just seeing Tabby jump and scream a few times was good enough for me as a dad to enjoy it. I didn't think the movie was utter trash. I, I didn't think it was the greatest thing ever. I, I did enjoy it. You know, I think going in with the expectation that's, that this was going to be like an F, you know, like an F movie, I came out with like a C plus, you know. Um, I think it helped just knowing that it was going to be utter trash and the fact of I like the scenes where the girl goes out and she's expecting a shark and she looks all around and it's darkness and that kind of freaks you out, especially in a dark theater and there's just darkness all around her. You're wondering if the shark's going to come. Um, that was that was pretty cool. I definitely thought that they did a good job there. Um, the uh, the sharks look really, really good. Uh, no bad CGI in this film, surprisingly. And uh, now, I don't know when it hits Blu-ray if that'll be different. But on the big screen, you know, maybe because it was just dark, I thought the sharks looked really good. Uh the ending is super telegraphed. So if you have any sort of a brain, you'll know how the movie ends. But I thought it was, a, I, I enjoyed it. It wasn't the greatest shark movie ever. I didn't think it was as bad as everybody said it was. And the fact, I think the reason I enjoyed it more than I typically would have is because Tabby loved it so much. Because she was scared and she screamed and she was just like, wow. You know, so, you know, of course seeing the reaction of your kid that way it kind of changes your feelings on the movie so yeah i actually liked it i i gave it a c plus i thought it was i thought it was a decent shark movie is way better than half the sci-fi crap out there uh unfortunately the ending is super telegraphed like 30 minutes into the movie you you know how it's gonna end uh other than that not bad not great but not bad so um when it comes down on blu-ray check it out but here's how I recommend it. Don't watch the movie in the daytime. Make sure you like Silver Bullet. I only watch Silver Bullet at nighttime because I know that it would be totally cheesy if I watch it in the daytime. Same thing with 47 meters down. When you get the movie, you rent it, make sure all the lights are off, then put it on. You will enjoy it that much more if you do it that way. Okay? Alright, so let's talk about a movie that disappointed me to no end. So Resident Evil, the final chapter. Oh boy. Resident Evil. I love these movies. John the Mailman knows how much I love Resident Evil. And I think, you know, there's only like, I don't know, 20,000 people on the planet that love these movies. And I'm part of the 20,000. So unfortunately, I missed this in the theater. I saw the latest Underworld because my wife and I for some reason, we always watch all the Underworld movies in the theater because she loves that series. And we love the Resident Evil series. I love the games. I obviously know the movies are nothing like the games. It is what it is for the movies. They're super fun. So we get to the final chapter. Here's the problem with this movie. Now, if you care anything about the other movies, this movie doesn't give an F. 
straight up. It literally changes the origin of the first two movies. It tells you how this is how it started. It's like, no, it's not. This is how it started. And this is the doctor that did it. No, it's not. This is the doctor that did it. And it's so stupid. It's like, why? This Here's the thing that pisses me off. The guy who wrote this movie wrote one, two. He wrote all the other movies. It's kind of like the Fast and Furious writer, Chris Morgan, who wrote every single Fast and Furious movie except the first two. And this guy knows his stuff inside and out. And that's, I mean, this guy, he, consistency and is, I'm getting frustrated now. Okay. The Fast and Furious writer is fantastic with consistency. He knows his stuff. He knows everything that happened in his universe. But Paul W. Anderson, this guy doesn't give an F because he clearly is like, you know what? I'm just going to rewrite how the story was in everything that you've watched before. That pissed me off. I'm like, whatever. Um, there were a lot of scenes that I, I did enjoy. But then we get to the end of the movie. And then you get this twist. And the twist really kind of kicks you in the balls. You, especially if you love this series. So... I totally get why people hate this movie. I did. I liked it, but it's uh, it rubbed me the wrong way because I'm like, seriously, I've spent all my years watching these movies and you're going to rewrite how the story goes. I don't think so. That just annoyed me to no end. And then you get to the ending and it's just like, oh, I had to sit on it for a few days. I think when I got done watching the movie, I'm like, yeah, I liked it. And then the more I thought about it, the more I got pissed off and the more I'm like, really, this is the way that we're going to end the series with this. So, and I could see why they are instantly rebooting this series. Like the day after the movie got released, they're like, Hey, we're going to reboot. There you go. So I don't know. Resident Evil, the final chapter. Ugh, I don't know. I give it a, a D plus. Yeah, there you go. Just because of the fact of the kick in the balls that you get in this movie, it drops it down. So yeah, I give it a D plus because some of the action was really good. Um, what is it? Ruby Rose, the person Jameson hates with a passion. For some reason, I had a Ruby Rose day because I I got John Wick 2, Resident Evil, Final Chapter, and Triple X all in the same day. And I'm like, what the hell? This girl's in all these movies. So the movie I liked her the best in was Triple uh, um, uh, X. <laughs> Oh, uh, Jameson's like yelling at me right now. She was all right in Resident Evil. I can't see why he hates her so much. I thought she was all right. She's not the greatest actress in the world, but she's not terrible. She was okay in this. She was way better in Triple X, but uh, I don't know. Uh, is what it is. So yeah, D plus for Resident Evil Final Chapter. John the Mailman. Ugh, I don't know, bro. I think you're gonna be. I think you'll be disappointed with this. Um, I don't know. Just drink a lot of alcohol before you watch it and maybe you'll forget about the other movies and it won't piss you off so much. So there you go. All right, let's get to uh yeah, let's get the triple X. Okay. So Triple X, the return of Xander Cage. Uh boy. I love, 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 love the first movie. I love it. It's fantastic. I wanted a sequel the next day after I saw that. I freaking love that. It for me, that is the greatest Vin Diesel movie is Triple X. Uh, it, it was just so great. Um, I mean, of course I know it's bad, but it's just so great. I, I love, like, I love if looks could kill. It's this old school, Richard Greco movie 
where he's this high school student who gets his identity, who has the same name, Michael Corbin, as an actual spy. And the spy gets killed, and he takes the place of the spy accidentally. So he gets all the cool cars, all the cool gadgets, and he gets to live the life of a spy and save the world. It's awesome. It's a super fun movie, amazing soundtrack, and unfortunately, you can't find it anywhere. It's called If Looks Could Kill Richard Grieco. Check it out, especially if you like Booker from 21 Jump Street. That's the movie to watch. So I, since I love If Looks Could Kill, Triple X was like the newer version of that, and that's why I loved it so much. It was great. Part 2 comes around, Ice Cube's in it, no Vin Diesel, didn't watch it, I was pissed off. So then this one comes out, and surprisingly I didn't, I wasn't excited about it, I don't know why, I was, I, maybe it's all the years had passed, or maybe it was just because it just looked to be kind of different than the first one. So here is the review of Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage. So this movie is Fast and Furious with humans, okay? It is completely different than the first one because the first one actually kind of took things seriously. Okay. Uh, I mean, it was super fun, but it, it almost took it realistically as best as you could. This movie is just like, hey, guess what? We're going to do everything Fast and Furious style where there's no such thing as uh, physics. There's no such thing as logic. And we're just going to have fun. And once you get your mindset to... Okay, this movie just wants to have fun. It knows what it is and it and it wants to be fast and furious with humans. You can enjoy the movie so much better. Now, if you're in the same mindset as you are with the first one, you're not going to enjoy it. I really enjoyed all the cuz at first I was like, what's up with the team? He didn't have a team in the first one, and then it makes sense. I've never seen a Donnie Yen uh Donnie Yen movie, but boy, I can see why everybody loves this guy. This guy has amazing moves, and his team is pretty fun. Triple uh, X has to get his own team, and uh, they were some pretty crazy people. And uh, you got to like them, and it was just—it was very enjoyable. The stunts were awesome. The martial arts was great, and uh, I think it was about 25 minutes in that I had to change my my mindset to not have the same mindset as the first movie but to change it to Fast and Furious style. And once I did that, I was enjoying myself and I actually wanted to watch it over again. And I watched special features, which I don't normally do anymore, just to kind of get some history and stuff. And it was fun. So I really enjoyed Triple X. Is it a good movie? No, not at all. Uh, is it super fun, gu great guilty pleasure? Absolutely. Uh, Fun-wise, I mean, this movie is a solid B+. When it comes to fun and ridiculousness, I mean, as an actual movie, I don't know, C minus, you know, but as an actual just you want to have a good time with your friends and watch a movie and see some people kick ass and just just have amazing stunts. This is the movie for you. This would be a solid B plus in that area. It's great. Now, the first movie is the best. Uh, I love, love, love the first one. Um, this one doesn't hold a candle to the first movie, but it's super fun because I have the mindset of, hey, Fast and Furious, no cars. And that's exactly what this is. So if you go in with that mindset, you'll enjoy it. Otherwise, if you don't, you're going to hate the movie. Kind of like 47 meters down. You're either going to love that movie or you're going to hate it. It's one or the other. So um, now, John Wick 2. Now, obviously, John Wick 2 is a movie that uh, I said was my favorite movie of the year. And that's been 
obviously changed to Wonder Woman, but John Wick 2 is just as great rewatching it. Uh, that would be my number three. So right now we got Wonder Woman and then Logan would be my number two and then John Wick Chapter 2 would be my number three. I love John Wick. Uh, this movie is fantastic. Uh, if you love the first movie, this one is just as good, if not better, than the first one. It expands on the universe. It's awesome. The martial arts is even crazier in this one. The headshots are even better. The kills are fantastic. The opening sequence is just mind-blowing what happens with this car. And uh, it is fantastic. Basically, John Wick tries to retire again. They blow up his house. He gets pissed off. And uh, he's got to take on some dudes because of the fact of the job he has to do. And the ending is so insane that I wanted a John Wick 3 right away. Unfortunately, I have to wait till it gets made. But this series is probably going to be... You know, if number three is just as good as number two, this would be considered one of the greatest trilogies of all time. Hands down. It is fantastic. John Wick Chapter 2, it, the music is great. The acting is great. The martial arts is fantastic. The act, Everything is great. This is an A-plus movie. It is awesome. I love, love, love John Wick Chapter 2. It's great. Um, you know what? I have to take it back. I only gave Logan an A, and this has an A+. So technically, John Wick 2 would be my second favorite movie of the year. So it's Wonder Woman is number one, John Wick Chapter 2, number two, Logan number three. Because I, I love uh, John Wick Chapter 2 more than I love Logan. Uh, Logan is more of a movie if I want to be depressed, I'm going to throw that on and watch that uh, kind of thing. Uh, I mean, not not... Not really depressed, but you know what I'm saying. I have more fun watching John Wick Chapter 2 than I do Logan. But Logan is a fantastic, fantastic movie. Um, it's just, you know, um, boy, I get myself in these predicaments and I have to argue with myself how I really feel. I hate when that happens. You know what? I'll tell you what. Th this is the cool thing. It's July. I have all these months until I get to the end of the year. So I can say this. As of right now, this is my standing, but I need to rewatch Logan again. I'm going to watch that a few more times, John Wick Chapter 2 a few more times, and then we'll see when I get to the end of the year where they fall. It'll be kind of a preview of where I'm currently at. So just as of right now, this is where I'm feeling. So there we go. Okay, let's get to The Accountant. Now, The Accountant, I heard a lot of great things about this movie and finally got around to it. So uh, Ben Affleck... Um, is is fantastic uh in this movie i'm sure everybody in the grandmother has seen this movie by now anna kendrick is super fun as always now uh most of you guys know ben affleck is you know autistic type person you know has his uh has a specific way that he does things and he's fantastic with numbers but he's also a killer uh which is just you know very interesting it's we actually get something original for once in Hollywood. Instead of remakes and reboots and sequels, we actually get an original film. And it was great. I really enjoyed it. And the best part of it was I got to have Batman versus the Punisher, right? Because you got John Barenthal, the new Punisher, is in this movie. And you have Ben Affleck, Batman. So, super fun. That that was something I got to joke around about. I was like, hey, I get to see Batman versus the Punisher. So, um, And I really... The thing that really makes this movie great is the ending because the ending could have gone a certain way with uh, Ben Affleck and Anna Kendrick's character that I thought they were going to go down and they didn't. And that's what really made me enjoy it that much more where I was like, that was awesome. You know, thumbs up to you guys for the way that you handled that. 
I thought it was going to go one way, it goes a completely different direction, and just leaves it open for the sequel that's coming out. I didn't think, the movie wraps itself up, the story is over, but I'm okay with them trying to figure out a way to continue the story, that's cool. But I highly recommend The Accountant. That one is uh, definitely... I had uh, I had given that one a B plus. I can't remember why. There was something that uh, happened in the movie that um, kind of bothered me. But it's been a while since I've seen it. So I'll have to rewatch it. But it's a solid, solid B plus. Uh, that movie is really, really good. I highly recommend it. You check it out. You enjoy yourself. Um, and uh, if you want to see Batman be a killer... Uh, without the mask, <laughs> this is the movie for you. So good times. All right. Uh, okay. Let's go to another movie that wasn't so, it was kind of disappointing. So I'm a big fan of Jason stay the movies. The thing with Jason stay the movies is that they're super fun when you watch them, but they're very forgettable. I mean, really, I can only really think of the things that he did in the expendable movies. And then of course, fast and furious series which of course he and uh, i mean he was the highlight of the fate of the furious but there was one movie he did that i really enjoyed he did with ben foster called the mechanic it was a really fun movie where he's essentially an assassin who when he gets hired he has to make it look like an accident so it doesn't look like the person was actually murdered it was a pretty cool concept and a lot of creative kills things like that well then we get Mechanic Resurrection, which I was really excited for, especially the trailers made me pumped up for you. you got Jessica Alba in the movie, uh, you know, which is always fun, uh, you know, visually anyways. And uh, man, I really, I don't know, like the second day I was like, man, I really can't remember anything that happened in that movie. I was kind of disappointed in it. I mean, you got Tommy Lee Jones in the movie. And the dude doesn't even show up for like the first 45, 50 minutes into the film. And it's like an hour and a half. So that was kind of wasted, I thought. I mean, you got Tommy Lee Jones. You might as well make use of him. There was one kill that was fantastic, a swimming pool one. That was super great. But it was just kind of a letdown. I was expecting it to be just as good as the first one, and it wasn't. So um, if you have any, you know, if you really enjoy the first one, you might like this one. And of course, I mean, technically you could start watching this one without really seeing the first one. And they kind of give you a little heads up on, on what's going on. Um, you know, the Transporter movies, I always say Transporter 2 is the best one. Because that's the one where he has to rescue the kid. And you got that crazy blonde bitch uh, that he has to deal with. That movie's awesome except for the stupid where he jumps the car backwards or something and hits the bomb off that was the stupidest scene i've ever seen in a movie but outside of that uh that was a super fun movie um and then i don't know the mechanic really great super fun with ben foster and then this one was just kind of a letdown so i was like well this sucks you know so uh i don't know i i think i give the mechanic resurrection like a c minus i mean the the kills are cool the, the swimming pool scene is awesome. The movie is worth it for that. Uh, but you kind of forget it two or three days later, unfortunately. So that was kind of a letdown. Um, okay, so let's talk about the greatest guilty pleasure in the history of guilty pleasure movies. No Retreat, No Surrender. Oh, my gosh. This movie is so terrible. I forgot. God, how terrible it is. I mean, this movie sucks. The 
acting is atrocious. The music is hot garbage. It is just the editing is bad. Everything sucks in this movie, and I love every second of it. It is just, it is so geeky and dumb and Bruce Lee. Everybody speaks English, and Bruce Lee has to pretend he doesn't speak English and has bad lip reading on himself. Ugh, this movie is so terrible, and that's why I love it, man. We grew up on this movie, and I rewatched it, but I watched a version I had never seen before. I don't know which version this is, if this is the American version or the non-American version, but it had all these additional scenes in it that I had never seen before. I'm like, huh, I don't remember that happening. But to make things worse, they cut out all the awesome songs. You know, like No Retreat, No Surrender. You know that song, Stand On Your Own. It's No Retreat, No Surrender. Yeah, that song, not even in the movie. I'm like, what the hell is going on? This song is fantastic. You have this great, amazing, stupid montage, and you can't even put this song in there. I was so pissed off. And then I find out it's not the version I grew up with. So then I had to go find the version I grew up with, and then you see it's actually edited better because the real version has like these really long extended scenes, and it just doesn't flow right. And it's like the American version took this version and said, hey, we're going to cut all this crap out and we're going to add some awesome rock and roll to this movie. And that's why it was awesome. So maybe that's why I was like, oh my God, this movie is so terrible. I mean, it is. It really is. I mean, the acting is real, especially the, the girl. Oh my gosh, this girl is so bad. Oh, I don't think... God, she's so bad. She's got to be the worst actress I've ever seen in a movie. Jason, oh... Oh, oh my God, she's so terrible. I don't even know her name, but she's the she's the one that Jason likes. She's so bad. I mean, seriously, as a movie, this movie's like a salad F, right? I mean, the movie is utter hot garbage. But as a guilty pleasure, it's a salad A plus. I mean, this movie is fantastic. This is the movie we grew up with as kids, and this is what got us into martial arts, and this is why we love American Ninja and all those other crappy, terrible movies because of No Retreat, No Surrender. You got this awesome song. You got you got RJ, this this amazing friend who he says he's into chicks, but man, I don't know the way he the way he dresses and the way he acts, especially when he sits on Jason's junk. When he's doing sit-ups, I don't know if, if RJ's in the chicks. That's all I'm saying. But he's super fun. Bruce Lee, I mean, this guy looks nothing like Bruce Lee. And he's, he says all these amazing quotes, but he doesn't speak any English. And it's terrible. But it's so awesome. So I love this movie. I love No Retreat, No Surrender. It is probably the greatest guilty pleasure on the face of the planet. I mean, A+++, because of how absolutely hot garbage this movie is but oh my gosh as an actual movie i mean this movie's like an f i mean it absolutely sucks so uh, this is one of those movies that man you just got to sit back and be like man you want to watch an awesome guilty pleasure let's watch this garbage so i love no retreat no surrender as much as i'm crapping on it you got to hear me man i love this movie but do not watch the non-american version that is that will that will not make you have fun you will hate the movie because of all of the non-music you get. I mean, they cut all that out. I don't know what the hell they were thinking, but don't watch the non-American version of No Retreat, No Surrender. Just skip it. It's on Both versions are on YouTube. Skip the one that says the unedited version. Skip that one. Only watch the American version. 
then you'll love No Retreat, No Surrender like you did before. So one day, me and Jameson, we're going to get on and we're going to review that movie because we've had requests for that. But I rewatched it and I just I, I fell in love with it again at the same time realizing how much it was such a terrible movie. So, oh, so good. Speaking of terrible movies, let's talk about Ford Fairland. Oh, my gosh. Andrew Dice Clay. I love Ford Fairland, man. Ford Fairland, rock and roll detective. So good. I mean, you got you got Al Bundy up in this movie, man. You got uh, the blonde from uh, Some Kind of Wonderful, um, Keith's sister. She's in this as Zuzu Petals is stupid. You got Freddy Krueger in this movie. Hello, hello. I mean, oh, it, the the lines in this movie, everything from uneffing believable to Snapperhead to uh, you know Stanley. I mean, everything in this movie is awesome. I mean, this is a movie that I saw come back on cable i mean i've already reviewed this movie on stl so i'm not gonna go too much into it but re-watching it again just was so awesome and immediately when my wife and i got done watching it, my wife's like okay now we gotta go watch brain smasher which is a terror which is andrew dice clay and terry hatcher and chosen from the karate kid 2 who always says we're not ninjas brain smasher is just this real funny comedy uh with the with ninjas who say they're not ninjas so very fun movie but i love adventures of ford fairling that was super fun to rewatch again and the soundtrack to that movie is so good man i forgot just how great it was so if you can try to find adventures of ford fairling rewatch that it's just as good as you remember um it's just it's a super fun movie not it's not a very good movie it's just again it's in the guilty pleasure section uh with no i mean it's way better no retreat no surrender in regards to guilty pleasures but uh you know Ford Fairlane's an actual good movie compared to No Retreat, No Surrender. But uh, yeah, check that out again. It's good. All right, let's get into uh, some thoughts I have on this new Chucky movie, Cult of Chucky. So uh, let's talk about the good stuff. Here's why I'm excited. Because you got everybody in this movie. You have Andy, the original Andy from uh, 1 and 2. He's back um, from Curse of Chucky. Uh, Chucky's real life daughter, the one that's in a wheelchair, she's back, which I really enjoyed her from the last movie. Of course, Chucky is back and Jennifer Tilly is back. However, Glenn, ugh, Glenn is back. I mean, they already said that Glenn is back in an article, but when you watch the trailer, he's nowhere to be found in the trailer. But there's mul- but there's another Chucky. So clearly, Glenn is the other Chucky. I mean, it, t- it doesn't take a rocket scientist to tell you that. I'm a little disappointed that Glenn is back, but at the same time, because I have the the strong female lead from the last movie that I really really liked a lot. She really is the reason why I want to watch it again because now she's stuck in the insane asylum where they put her in the last movie and she's got to fight Chucky. So it's going to be coming out soon, uh, obviously in October. So I'm hoping it's going to be good. I'll probably review that movie just because I reviewed Curse of Chucky and we'll see how it goes. I'm sure all my boys are going to hate it. But, uh, you know, as, as long as Glenn is at a minimum, and I mean like five minutes of screen time, it'll be okay. If Glenn gets any more screen time than five minutes, it's going to really hurt the movie for me. So that's all I'm going to say about that for right now. All right. So let me wrap things up and get to the last uh, the last four movies I want to talk about. So The Fate of the Furious. So I never did an episode for this, which I said I would. But uh, just came out on Blu-ray. 
Tuesday, rewatched it again. My girls really, really wanted to see it, but I didn't take them to the theater. So here's kind of, as you know, the Fast and the Furious franchise is my favorite franchise. But I, but with seven, I said, look, series should end. It's a great way to end the series. It should be over. We're done. So when I knew they were going to make an eight, I was really trepidatious about this. And the trailers, you know, I was like, oh, well, they're definitely pulling at my interest. Uh, I just don't know how I'm going to feel about this movie. Now, one of my biggest complaints from Fury 7 is the lack of Dwayne Johnson. He's in it for like four minutes. Really pissed me off. He's completely in this movie a ton of times, which makes me happy because I get The Rock. Jason Statham is Jason Statham and The Rock steal this movie. So here's kind of, uh, especially if you haven't seen it, and you're a fan of the Fast and the Furious franchise, but you may be like, you know what? I don't know if I want to watch this. Let me give you the fan perspective where I'm coming from on this. So like you, I really didn't want to see this, but I love all the characters. So me not seeing them is like me not supporting a family member. You know, it's like, okay, we lost a family member. The family event, you know, we lost, we lost a family member. Christmas isn't going to be the same, but does that mean that I don't want to go to Christmas dinner and see everybody else? Yeah, you know, I, I need to go there. So that's how I felt going into Fate of the Furious. Like, okay, I lost a family member. How is things going to go? So essentially you have, uh, you have Dom who turns against the team. You don't know why, but essentially he's the one that goes rogue go, and the team goes after him. And you know Charlie Theron is obviously pulling his strings and you got to find out why. Now, I'm not going to spoil it, but it's a pretty good twist on the reason behind him trying to why he goes against his team. That was that was a, a nice surprise. I enjoyed that. It made sense. Um, you know, the first bit of the movie has a really awesome racing scene. That was really cool. The you know the legit obviously the logic in this movie is just like numbers you know or six and seven go crazy. Same thing in this one, uh, especially towards the end when they're fighting a submarine. But uh, Jason Statham's character uh, works with the team. Now here's my complaint of this, and it's a common complaint which I'm sure you've seen online. Is as much fun as it is having The Rock and Jason Statham going at it and and stealing this movie just their scenes alone they're the arguing and bickering back and forth to steal the movie the only problem is is that if you love han like i did you know they they drop a line about it in the movie but they don't spend a lot of time on it and as you can see from the recent reports the director does agree with the fans you know the quote-unquote justice for han we didn't get that the director apologize like yeah i agree i should have dealt with it more we'll have that dealt with in number nine so the fact that i know that they're going to be dealing with that makes me forgive it in part eight if i knew that they weren't going to be dealing with it then i would definitely hold it against this movie now is this my favorite fast and furious movie it's not but do i enjoy it just as much as uh the other ones i do i actually enjoyed it way more the second time around you know because i knew what was coming up and i had i just had so much more fun the second time around so it is if you like if you like five if you like six and you like seven you're gonna like eight now they do have this douchebag that is almost like a quote-unquote brian uh replacement that annoyed me uh but it's very subtle they don't try to force it too much and they do bring up brian which is nice 
So as long as you can get over the whole justice for Han thing and you can avoid, you know, Eastwood trying to be a quote unquote Brian of the group. If you can kind of let that go, you'll really, really enjoy this movie. If you're a big fan of the series. Now, obviously, if you don't like this series, this movie isn't going to change you or it'll probably you'll probably hate this movie with the passion. Uh, me, because I love the franchise so much. And I love these characters. I had a lot of fun. Here's what I will say though. If you want to, as a Fast and Furious fan, if you want to say, I'm done, I'm stopping at seven and I don't want to see anymore, that would be okay. You got a complete story from beginning to end. Eight starts off the set of a new trilogy. If you really love these characters and you're curious, I think you really enjoy this and you'll be happy you watched it. But if you are definitely like, nope, I got to have my Brian and seven end in a great way, then that's that's the way to go. So as the Fast and Furious fan and supporter, I say watch it. I think you will enjoy it. Just have an open mind. If you don't have an open mind, you won't enjoy it. But if you go in just saying, okay, let's see what the movie gives me. I think you will enjoy it as a Fast and Furious fan. If you're not a Fast and Furious fan, you're not going to like this movie and you're going to think it's crap. So that being said, let's move on to my two horror movies that I watched that I uh, that were fantastic. Uh, oh, Fate and Furious rating um, as uh, oh, I mean, as an actual movie, I don't know. That's like a C plus C minus. You know, I mean, we're talking crazy physics here. Most people aren't going to like it. But for Fast and Furious fan, uh, a solid B plus solid B plus Th those two things kind of drag it down for me. But I give Fate of the Furious a solid B plus from the hardcore Fast and Furious fan. So there you go. All right. Let's get into Lights Out and Don't Breathe. We'll start with Don't Breathe. So uh, this is a movie that I heard you know, a lot of good things about. Now, you probably know the concept. It's three kids, uh, three teenagers who break into a blind guy's house. And then they have to deal with the consequences. So the reason why it's called Don't Breathe is, you know, the three guys that break, the three kids that break in, the first one is definitely, you know, spoiler alert, but the first guy, he gets killed. Uh, but it's okay because he's the biggest douchebag of them all. I mean, none of these kids are likable. They're all kind of jerk-offs and they, they get what they deserve. But the movie has a, a good twist kind of in the halfway point of the movie that kind of makes you change your mind around on the kids. That's kind of where the where why it gets interesting is the fact of okay now we got to turn things around and you know you look at the movie in a different way. It is it is suspenseful. They do a good job there. Um, Stephen Lang, who I first got introduced to Stephen Lang when I watched The Hard Way with Michael J. Fox and James Woods. He's the bad guy there in that movie, and he was just off the wall crazy. So it was like an extension of that character, except he's blind in this movie so he was really good uh there's a dog in the movie which plays a big part that i think you guys will enjoy i say this movie is more suspenseful than it is a horror movie the next movie i'll talk about is a horror movie uh this movie is just more suspenseful just like hey what would happen if three douchebag teenagers broke into a blind guy's house what would happen that's what you get but then there's an interesting twist in the middle that kind of makes it more you know, horror-esque, if you will. So check it out. I think you'll enjoy it. Don't breathe. Uh, that one gets a solid B+. Uh, I, I enjoyed it, 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 but it wasn't as fantastic as I thought it was going to be. Now, the next movie. Oh, my gosh. Oh, 
This is the best horror movie I have seen in a long, long time. And here's the kicker. PG-13. And I hate PG-13 horror movies. I think they're just, they're a cop-out. I just don't think they're any good. But man, was I blown away. This movie is called Lights Out. So guess what? Original concept. And it evidently is a short uh, a short film that was made into a full-length film. So here's essentially the story without giving too much away. So you have... Um, where do I where do I begin without giving too much away? Okay, the monster of the movie is allergic to light, so you're safe as long as the lights are on. However, for example, let's say like you're in a dark room, there 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 it is, and then it starts to come at you. You flip the lights on, it's gone. Okay, it's as simple as that. It's a great concept. So obviously, there's things that play where lights are not going to be in you know in part of the room or or things are going to happen which take the lights out so you essentially have um this person um or the monster who was allergic had a had a skin disease that made them severely allergic to light which this is a true thing my wife is actually allergic to the sun uh based on all of her vitamin d deficiencies and stuff she can only be out in the sun for so long and then after that she gets sick so there are actual legitimate light diseases out there and there is one where if you're exposed to light you'll your skin burns and that's what happened with this particular person. And uh, and the kicker is is why is this person after this family? Uh, you have uh, you have an older teenager, younger brother, and a mom who uh, has to take depression pills. And the girl uh, I believe is from I Am Number Four. She's really cute. She's got green eyes. And the, both of the kids are very likable. But what I really enjoy is the atmosphere of this movie. I mean, the the jump scares are legitimate jump scares. Like they don't do those stupid like, oh, you're gonna open a closet and there's a, you know there's not gonna be a jump scare kind of thing like that. It's like everything can be calm and then the next minute, boom, there it is. I mean, it does a fantastic job of keeping you so invested in the story and then it will boom hit you with the scare. You have a boyfriend who actually is a cool boyfriend who, you know, isn't just your typical stereotype. You know, I like the fact overall that stereotypes don't come into play into this movie. So I highly recommend this one, especially if you are a horror fan. This will be a pleasant surprise. It's a it's a original, great, scary film and it's a smart movie. So check it out. This one is a salad A. Uh, I love this movie. It was great. It was so good. I watched it twice. Um, you know, like it's like I watched it one day and then the next morning I put it on, uh, you know, put the, you know, I got, uh, tabby to watch it and then put blankets up on all the windows and everything just to darken it up and, uh, freaked her out too. So lights out, check that out. You will totally enjoy it. Okay. Now I saved the best for last. Now, um, the reason why this isn't my number one movie of the year is because it came out last year. And unfortunately, I never got around to watching it. And I watched it last night. And boy, was this movie a, a huge surprise. So, I posted this in the STL. And I heard many, many great things about this movie. 
And I think within the first five minutes of me posting it and Jameson commenting how much he loved the movie instantly made me feel better because I'm like, I was a little nervous. I'm like, oh, I don't know if this is going to be good or not. And it was Bloodfather with Mel Gibson. So, man, I can't express how real this movie is. And I mean, it just has this, I love real action scenes. Like, where when you watch them, you feel like, boy, this is something that can legitimately happen in real life. And it's not a move, a quote unquote movie action scene, like a gunfight, the way that the gunfight is done or the way the sound effects are on certain scenes. And that's one of the awesome things that happened in this movie. So this is a 2016. Uh, it's like a French action crime thriller film. And uh, this movie had a world premiere over at the Cannes Film Festival. And it let people know that Mel Gibson was back. And oh, this is this movie is just, it's fantastic. You essentially have um, Lydia, uh, which is his daughter. And she gets caught up in, in a drug cartel ring. And you have Mel Gibson's character, who is this just guy who's been in and out of prison his whole life. And just kind of messed up as a father. And he's on parole and his daughter's been missing and just one day calls him out of the blue and tells him how much trouble she's in. And you find out it's because she killed a Mexican. Well, I mean, you see it. She she shoots a Mexican cartel guy. And there's just this adventure that they go on together of him trying to protect his daughter and how their relationship uh, kind of rebuilds during this adventure but the what's great about it is how raw and real it is i mean i don't think i've heard mel gibson swear more in any other movie than this one i mean every other word is like mother f for this or mother f for that or whatever but it's so real just the the pain and the the love that he has and just everything in this movie is so awesome i'm going to tell you about this one scene and uh it's a little bit of a spoiler but Mel Gibson and, and his daughter, they're on they're on a bike and they're trying to get away from these two guys that are shooting at them. And you know, and the way that this movie's been going, you think that they're they're gonna get shot because of just how real everything is. I, I, I can't stress just realistic, you know, like just the way the action is, it's like you're watching this in real time. It, it's the best way I can describe it. And Mel Gibson gets to gets his gun out and he gets to a point where he can get uh he takes out one of the guys the other guy he gets he speeds ahead and he knows that if he can get him to do something that that guy's gonna get taken out and he moves in a way to where the guy gets hit by a semi and the way he gets hit by the semi is so disgusting but so real looking i mean it it looks like they took an actual person and said hey you feel like dying today can you go get hit by that semi that's what it looks like it is just insane and there's not a lot of special effects in this movie it's just raw best thing i can and i love movies like that because there's not many out there we're all used to the big movie action blow them up crap but not a lot of real movies and that's what this is so um i think you know if you're a fan of mel gibson you will love this movie. If you're not really a fan of Mel Gibson, you'll still love this movie because it's just that good. You know, when 
the movie when a movie can make you forget about who's playing the character you know you got a good movie so the budget was only you know 15 million and it only made 4.8 million so technically it was a bomb but uh you know critically i mean there's a reason why this movie has 90 percent of rotten tomatoes because it's just fantastic so um i can't recommend this movie enough this is my favorite movie out of all the movies that i watched uh, you know, outside of Wonder Woman, of course, being my number one movie of the year, but that's on a that's on a different scale. This is on a if you want to watch a real movie, check this one out. So, a plus, obviously. So that's it, guys. That's all of my movies that uh, I wanted to talk about. Uh, there's a lot in there, and of course, I watched Roadhouse because it just hit Hulu. So that'll be the next episode, hopefully. Uh, if all goes well. So make sure you go on Hulu, check out Roadhouse. And I'm hoping to get that recorded real soon with Jameson. We're trying to work out our schedules. And uh, if we can't do that, then uh, I'll get something figured out soon and let you guys know. And if uh, you want to write in, feel free to do so at stlpodcast.gmail.com. Make sure you go on Facebook, like the Facebook page, all that good stuff. Let your friends know about it. Share the love. If uh, you go on iTunes and you feel like doing a nice review please do so that would be awesome and uh, I had a lot of fun guys Uh, sorry I've been gone for a little while but that's okay I got to have fun talking about all these random movies that I caught up on and uh, hoping to get into the swing of things now that vacation time is over and I think for the next STL episode I'm going to do is the uh, guilty pleasure underground hour I've been talking about that for a little while where I said you know I'm thinking about doing a top 10 guilty pleasure song uh, because you know, it's scary to do cause you don't want people to know all of your favorite guilty pleasure songs, but, uh, it will be a good way to make me create the list. I really don't want to make. And it's been fun cause I actually had some pretty cool emails about it. So that is one of my upcoming episodes that I want to do very, very soon is the top 10 guilty pleasure songs for the STL underground hour. And then I'll do another, make some noise episode soon. So I'm looking forward to that, kind of get back into the swing of things. So thank you guys so much for joining me on this episode. I hope you had fun. Uh, Hopefully, if there were some movies on here I talked about you haven't had a chance to watch and I got you interested, that's great. Uh, Or there were some movies that changed your mind on, that's great as well. Either way, hopefully it was a good time for you. And uh, I'm going to leave you guys with a cool jam, of course, at the end, because this is STL, uh, one of the songs that I've been uh, loving and jamming to. It's kind of been an anthem song for me this year, and uh, it's called Secret Weapon. I think you guys will dig it. It's a uh, typical rock and roll style that I like to play in STL. So you guys have a good one. Take care. And soon as out. I the fortitude of stronger soldiers.